Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. All right, we are coming at you off the edge. This is episode nine. I'm Jake Ellenbogen. He is Cameron Lynch. Well, no, he's not. He's Camstradamus now after, <laughs> after he just basically predicted. I think Ryan Poles just literally watched our, our you know, the clip that I put out or or just our, our show in general and was just like, you know what? Cam's on to something. We should pick Zach Pickens and we should pick Jervon Dexter and put them on yeah. the same defensive line and compliment each other. Uh, that was awesome. We're going to get yeah. into all of that, Cam. Uh, we're going to be talking about the NFC North today and just going all out here. We love the draft. It was a lot of fun to watch and just, you know, we really covered it up until the, the final day that we could. So uh, we're going to be doing that today, giving out draft grades. Well, you'll find out if your team drafted well, in our opinion, or your team <laughs> didn't. But before we do, I just need to let you know that betonline.ag is your number one source for all your basketball info, stats, news, and scores. Get the latest odds and lines, including the latest player reports for this year's pro basketball playoffs. BetOnline is always your sports information headquarters this season, as we have you covered for all your sports wagering needs, basketball, MLB, NHL, right to UFC and boxing. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to get your betting info, including live betting options and your favorite casino and card games. You can play right from your home. Head on over to the website today <clears throat> or use your mobile device to get in on the action. Be sure to use our promo code believe to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit bet online where the game starts. So cam we're going to start with the NFC North and we're going to start with the Chicago bears and show the bears faithful some love. They showed us a lot of love over on YouTube. Uh, we're now over 230 subscribers. So you know, big shout out to them. Big shout out to Swifty over there uh, who, you know, recommended our channel and gave us a shout out, but cam, we wouldn't be here without you. <laughs> Cam Stradamus, my Cam guy. Cam Stradamus. <laughs> I got the crystal ball over here. <laughs> I love it. I love it. So, uh, we're, you know, I'm excited to dive into a Cam. You know, they at pick number 10. All right. The, the Chicago Bears ended up taking Darnell Wright, the mm -hmm. offensive tackle at Tennessee. They did not take the guy right in their backyard, Northwestern, right? They didn't take Skaronsky. Mm. How did you feel? about that selection my guy yeah we, had, we were actually talking about this earlier with our producer joe shout out to joe yeah. uh he shout has a joe. great yeah he's a great podcast as well and we talked about it with just <clears throat> darnell wright I, I, I my thoughts on him where i love the way he plays he has a nasty edge to him jake right and so that nasty edge you see a lot of the the hand chops going down you see him bearing defensive linemen i, I love it and i'm sure the bear saw it as well as a defensive guy, I wouldn't like it, right? But as <laughs> someone who who would want, you know, your program to go another direction, uh, a better direction, you got Justin Fields there, you want a guy protecting him like that. So I, I like it. Um, and you talked about um, our guy from Northwestern, his hands. You know, he has one of the some of the better hands in this draft. You'll see on his tape, he's kick sliding. His hands are up all the time. We talk about this when it comes to boxers, right? And anytime you take a boxing class, they always say, keep your hands up, protect your face. When you get tired, those hands drop. Same thing with tackle, same things with this pass set. When guys get tired, those hands drop, Jake. I, I play punt on the punt team, and I know always keep those hands active. So our guy from North, Northwestern, he does a great job of doing that. Unfortunately, he didn't go to the Bears, but Darnell Wright did. Coming out of Tennessee, I, I love the pick, Jake. So, um, you know, I'm looking forward to seeing what the Bears are going to do. I got a B-plus for him out of this draft. 
Um, they made some good moves there. I love what they did in their war room. Um, and then if people don't really understand what we're talking about when it comes to kind of the clip going viral a little, a little bit here, the Camp Stradamus, uh, the, the globe that we have here. So Jake and I, we were talking about some of our sleeper defensive ends, some of our sleeper defensive tackles, and and Javon Dexter, he was on that, and Zach Pickens was on there as well. We talked about Javon Dexter, about his power. You know, sometimes his his first step didn't seem too fast, but his he he's super powerful right and how we talk about pickens have him having that great get off and being able to come you know come up the field and be able to wrap around some of those powerful players and a linebacker i put myself in that position you know being able to scrape and make plays so we talked about it the guys got drafted and now we're going viral so the goal <laughs> is to have you know more takes you know of us giving give you all a breakdown right of how we visualize how we see things and really educating everybody you know on these picks and excited to do more so jake what are your thoughts on the Bears draft process there? I'm, I mean, you said that well. Uh, I really like Darnell Wright for starters. Nasty. Just a mm. nasty dude. Uh, yeah. I love that mean streak and the big uglies, you know. I don't know if he's going to start at left tackle or right tackle. I saw him as a right tackle. I think if Braxton Jones is starting at left tackle, I know they have other guys. Kellen Deesh is someone that intrigued me last year, but he doesn't really have the body, in my opinion. Uh, so, you know, I don't know how that's going along. They have Larry Borum, and they have uh, Alex Leatherwood, as well as Bobby Haskins, who is a, you know, undrafted uh, free agent. But when... I look at Darnell Wright on tape for Tennessee. This is exactly what you want, you know, as one of your tackles in the NFL. I mean, I think he's got a really high floor day one starter. And I think the bears needed that. You got to protect Justin Fields. You, and I said this, you know, during our live stream or not live stream our uh, you know, our last episode where we were, you know, basically picking all these, you know, making these picks in our mock draft. Look, Justin Fields, you double down on him. You traded down all for it. I think it was the right move because you, you believe in Justin Fields. So now you owe it to him. Now that you believe in him, you owe it to him to go out and get him protection. And I think that's what Darnell Wright does, not just as protector, but can help you in the run game. Jervon Dexter, you know, we talk about it. You know, I think at the end of the day, they need help on the defense line cam. They lost a lot mm. of guys there. You know, I think he fits right in. They still have Justin Jones. They still have Demarcus Walker, Rasheem green, Andrew Billings. Um, you know, they, they have guys on their team, but they went out and they addressed the position. They go out and get Zach Pickens. They go and get Jervon Dexter and they go out and get Travis bell, who we'll be talking about later on at a Kennesaw state. Um, but I thought, you know, they Ryan Poles came out and was like, we want to address we want to address the line of scrimmage, okay? On both sides of the ball. We're going to go out and get our guy who's going to protect, uh, you know, our quarterback, and we're also going to go out and beef up that interior. And Cam, as a defensive guy, you got to love that. Yeah, you got to love it. And we talk about protecting the quarterback here. I'm looking at PFF, uh, the pro football focus. I know we talk about a lot of acronyms here for folks who don't know. Uh, PFF is a great source. And so for Don Darnell Wright, what I have here in 2022 is he only allowed – eight pressures jake <laughs> that's insane right he's so a to, wall <laughs> to do, he's a wall he's a wall so to do that in the sec you think about how many players got drafted a lot of those folks who didn't watch the draft the people who got drafted are folks from this from the sec i'm seeing a whole bunch of sec schools a whole bunch of sec players getting picked and the fact that he only allowed eight pressures in the 2022 season that's insane i'm sure most of them came from uga right because a lot of those guys are our dogs, uh, dogs. Uh, li literally and figuratively, uh, a lot of them went to the Eagles. But um, just, you know, as you mentioned, for the Bears to beef up their that line, of, the offensive line, that's a great move. And then even on the defensive side, they got some guys who 
who can plug up some holes, Jake, and who are fast, actually. So they can make some of those holes disappear, right? A lot of times when you play linebacker, if a guy is a little bit too fast, you're like, wait a minute, I need you to hold that up a little bit, right? <laughs> Javon Dexter running a 488, you know, being that big, that's going to be dangerous. So at the end of the day, whenever teams line up against the Bears, they're going to know, they're going to go up against some guys that are that that aren't moving, Jake, uh, and aren't allowing pressure to come in. So Bears, like I said, they got a B-plus for me in this draft. Um, they had some other great additions as well when it comes to the running back room. Um, we talked about the defensive linemen. So, you know, it, it's it's a change of guard here, Jake. Uh, I'm seeing a lot of pluses on, on this draft card, right? Back in the day, you kind of see some of the C minuses and the Bs. I think teams are really taking this serious when it comes to the draft because no one wants to watch when losing football. So you got a guy like Justin Fields in your backfield, um, the franchise quarterback. Let's get some folks that can protect him and win some football games. No, absolutely. I, I like the the right pick, the Dexter pick. Pickens, I mean, I had a big fat smile on my face when, uh, you know, you brought up Pickens. I love watching that guy's tape. Just, uh, yeah, I, I love watching him out of South Carolina. I love that pick. And that was, I believe, the first pick of the third round. Then they go out and they get Roshan Johnson, the running back out of Texas. Now, there was some rumors that they could go after your guy, Bijan Robinson, uh, who is the number one running back in the class. The Falcons end up scooping him at eight, which was interesting. A little, I thought it was a little higher than I expected, but Very okay. High, yeah. Roshan Johnson was, I think the first top 10 running back I've ever scouted in my opinion, that mm. was a backup, like a straight up backup. I mean, mm. You know, you could say Zach Evans, who came in at 11 on my board, went to the Rams in the sixth round. You know, he's he was a backup behind Judkins by the end of the year. But I don't know. I mean, Roshan Johnson has it all, man. This is an interesting pick because I'm a big fan of Khalil Herbert. I'm a big fan of Dante Foreman. If you guys don't know, you know, his story coming back from the neck injury. Uh, a lot of people said he was done. The COVID year doesn't. But then this past year. You know, he really popped off after they trade Christian McCaffrey. So you add him, they have Travis Homer, they have Treston Abner, a sixth rounder from last year. They have a good running back room, Cam. That was my that was my takeaway. I was like, okay, you're going in the fourth round, pick 115, you're getting Roshan Johnson. This is uh, a future starting NFL running back. Yeah, and you think about it, you're starting behind a guy like Bijan Robinson, who is quote-unquote, the best athlete to come out of this draft, right? They talk about Bijan like he was God's gift to earth, and I'm sure he is. I'm sure he's going to do great at the Falcons. So for God to be behind that, though, Jake, the point I'm getting to is they have a chip on their shoulder, right? Roshan oh, is seeing yeah. a guy like Bijan, you know, go number eight to the Falcons. He's like, oh, wait, if he's doing that well, I play right behind him. That means I'm going to be going next. So it's really cool to see him, you know, get drafted in the fourth round, uh, going, going to the Bears, like you said, the Bears are doubling down on Justin Fields. So he has offensive linemen that can block for him, right? We have some receivers in Tyler Scott coming out of Cincinnati um, who can catch the football and, and open up the game a little bit for him. I think that's extremely important. And then even on the defensive side, we just talked about it. You have some people movers uh, on the other end who can get the offense the ball back. So I think that's really encouraging for a guy like Roshan Johnson. He might have he might have some headaches, Jake, right, coming out of practice because he's going to be going up against those guys trying to block him in pass pro. But that's going to make him that much better. And like I said, he's going to have a chip on the shoulder when he's coming into this to this Bears team. The whole Bears organization in general, they have a chip on their shoulder. So I think he'll be a great fit for that team. And, hey, it's going to be interesting division, Jake. If people are, are 
are getting their armor up, I would say. So I know we have some other teams to chat about, but it's um, the draft. The draft went really well this year. I'm super excited. Yeah, no, I, I thought the Bears really did a nice job. I give them an A minus. I mean, I think anytime oh, nice. you're able to get a guy like Tyler Scott, 10th overall wide receiver on my board, 133rd overall, you know, big speedy guy, you know, not big. I mean, you know, he's five, nine bucks, 77, but uh, he plays speed, big. Yeah. Yeah. Like he's, he's a speedy guy that I think can work, you know, in those bubble screens, he can make guys miss stop and start ability, all of that. I think he, you know, will compete for that fourth spot, whether that's with Dante Pettis or, you know, Equinemia St. Brown, Valus Jones. I mean, I think he's right in that mix. This is a really good pick. Another best available. I thought Roshan Johnson was, you know, a second, third round guy. So um, going out and getting those guys for your offense, they go, your linebacker guy, Noah Sewell is an old school linebacker who people had as like a first round grade before the season started. So you get him in the fifth round out of Oregon. Love that pick. They go out and they get my guy Terrell Smith, who we talked about out of Minnesota, another top 10 corner on my board, another top 10. You hear that a lot, right? They got yeah. a lot of top 10 guys. Uh, by the way, Jervon and Pickens were both in my top 10. I believe Pickens was my fifth over uh, fifth overall interior defense alignment. I really liked him. They go and get Travis Bell to help in the interior. Then Kendall Williamson, uh, who's a interesting cornerback prospect um or db rather at out of stanford he ran a 4-4 um you know good six foot 200 pound uh size there at pick 258 so the bears got an a minus from me cam i really like what the bears did and they needed to do this because they took advantage of the fact look we're doubling down justin fields we realize he's got abilities that other quarterbacks in this draft just don't have and we want to take advantage of that. And so I like what they did. I think they deserve credit. Ryan Poles has a direction. Bears could compete for something this year, my guy. They could be interesting. Yeah, yeah. And and you talk about it, too, just kind of filling in some of those voids with Roquan Smith leaving, you know, to the Ravens, adding a guy like Sewell in there, that's going to be important. Adding these defensive linemen in there, that's all important. That They're trying to fill that void. When it comes to leadership with Roquan Smith, it's, it's hard to replace. But you got guys coming in that are hungry. Um, and on the defensive side, that can, that can play some good football, Jake. So, like you said, Ryan Poles, good job there. Um, like I said, I gave him a B plus. You gave him an a, uh, a. That's you know, hey, that's that's not far off there. Um, and we should see that transfer to the field and some and some dubs for the Bears, the Bears squad there. So, yeah, Jake, it, it's going to be a good one. Um, and, and so our, our next team, Jake, shall, shall we move on here? Yeah. So the Detroit Lions, they got a lot of scrutiny. Um, mm. you know, early on, a lot of people said that Jameer Gibbs wasn't worth the 12th overall pick. I mean, here's what I would say to that. Okay. <clears throat> He's my favorite running back in the draft. Bijan's the better running back by grade, but my favorite, the guy I had the most fun watching was Jameer Gibbs. Jameer Gibbs, the reason doesn't grade higher than Bijan Robinson is because he's not the pass protector Bijan Robinson is. But Jameer Gibbs is basically a slot receiver running back. Okay. Yeah. He's going to be a starting football player. I don't know how they'll use him. Probably, you know, keep in mind they did bring in, um, you know, who we were just talking about, right? Uh, with the Bears, they brought in David Montgomery. So yeah. I don't know how they're going to use him. I think there's a chance Gibbs is the starter. I think there's a chance Montgomery's the starter. They use Gibbs as, you know, a guy that's maybe dual backfield maybe they use him in the slot but either way this guy is just a baller he makes plays you know at alabama he's a superstar he led the team in receiving he was a big reason why in just an alabama roster that was so unlike alabama they didn't have any you know 
in, at least in my opinion, they didn't have a Calvin Ridley. Uh, they didn't have a Devonte Smith. They didn't have a Jamison Williams this year. It just, it felt like they were missing something and Jameer Gibbs provided that spark. And he actually is a transfer from Georgia tech. So, you know, I love that the fact that he came from Georgia tech, he knows what it's like. He, you know, obviously I'm not saying Georgia tech's a small school by any stretch, but it's not Alabama. And then just to go from Georgia tech to have that experience play in the spotlight, uh, he showed he can do it. And so when I look at the pick, I, I understand, okay, 12 is a little early. Adam is my 13th overall player. So I don't think it was too early. I think if they picked him at 12, that means other teams were looking at him around that time. Yeah. I mean, you got Gibbs, you know, going going to the Lions, and I know the Lions traded Swift to the Eagles right after that. And so yeah. we must have saw something in Gibbs that they didn't see in Swift, right? And you talk about David Montgomery with that lightning and that thunder type combination. You know, that kind of takes me to the Saints, right? When the Saints, when they had Alvin Kamara and Ingram, you know, Ingram is more seen as that thunder and Alvin Kamara is seen as that, seen as that lightning. And so, you know, I can see that right now for the Lions. Uh, with Jameer Gibbs being that lightning. And you, you think about just the running back space in general, right? I, I know I was referred to Reggie Bush. I think Reggie Bush could have been used way better uh, in the NFL because you think about Christian McCaffrey. You think about Christian McCaffrey, you know, when he went to the 49ers and the impact he had on that football team. I'm not saying Jameer Gibbs is going to have that same type of impact, but they are both great pass catchers. They're great in open space. And we talk about this in the Believe in Rams podcast, Jake. Christian McCaffrey, when he's with the Panthers, before he went to the 49ers, he was tearing the Rams up just by being in space and making people miss. And so Jameer Gibbs, he's going to be that lightning for the Lions. He's going to be able to make people miss in open space. You might see him in the return game as well. Well, I don't know. Your 12th overall pick. I don't know if I want to put him in the return game there. Right. But yeah, he, I don't want him anywhere near there, but I, I know I know what you're saying. <laughs> yeah. Right. And um, later in his career, you know, we might find a guy like Jameer Gibbs that can play special teams. He plays seven or eight years. He's kind of falling down the, you know, the roster a little bit, put him on special teams and let him be dangerous. So Jameer Gibbs, what I'm saying is he can be effective. And he can bring value to any team that he goes to being by being able to catch the football. 103 passes for over a thousand yards in the, over the past three seasons. That's unbelievable. So I can see them using him more of as a lightning in a bottle there. Um, and then kind of going down the list uh, a little bit, Jake, we go on the uh, – you got Sam Laporta at the tight end spot, uh, an Iowa guy. You got uh, Jack Campbell out of Iowa as well, right? So you got to think the Lions are leaning a little bit towards uh, towards their Iowa guys. But, you know, you got a guy like Jameer Gibbs who can catch the football. And you got a guy like Sam Laporta who can really catch the football. I think sometime in our notes we talked about it, but I had in my notes, throw the ball up. <laughs> Just <laughs> – Throw the ball up, the porter's gonna come down with it. So um it's really cool to see it's really cool to see the Lions kind of attack those skill positions that you, you see here on the list. They don't have too many big guys, right? On this on this list. You got a lot of skill positions. So um it, it's kind of cool to see it's <laughs> a lot of the notes for the Lions, Jake, was a lot of their picks were a reach, right? There a lot of them were a reach. So we'll see how things play out during when the season comes. But Jameer Gibbs, he's gonna be effective in the backfield, I believe. So the way I saw it, Cam, is when you look at Jack Campbell, um, he's kind of there's only kind of one Jack Campbell in this draft. <laughs> so I kind of understand why they went out and got him. I just mm -hmm. felt like I had better. I had higher grades on like Drew Sanders and, you know, guys like that. But I mean, Campbell's not a bad player. I had a third round grade on him. I just think it was a little too early. But the guy's an athlete. It's just the problem is, well, I want more instinct. I think he's more of a reactive linebacker and you're a linebacker. So you know exactly what I'm talking about. You know, mm -hmm. he doesn't have that quick twitch. You know, I just think 
at the end of the day, I mean, he's got the range. You know, I, I'm a little worried about him. You know, the the nagging UCL injury he had in spring this past year. Uh, you know, in uh, you know during the spring practices and whatnot, but. You know, I just don't, I see strong, I don't see explosive. I see reactive, I don't see instinctual. And so I think he's going to be a good player. I think, you know, Dan Campbell, this is Dan Campbell's guy. He's just a football <laughs> player. When you hear him talk, you're like, okay, all right, I see it. Um, and he's from Iowa. I always give it, like, Iowa's just built different, man. The guys from Iowa are. And then that brings me to Sam Laporta, who was one of my guys, as you know. Uh, mm-hmm. We talked about him in depth. I think he's the best tight end in the draft. I mean, I think... You know, you may have reached on Campbell, but then you get Sam Laporta, who's the best tight end in the draft, in my opinion, at 34. That's a win. Uh, then you get Brian Branch, who should not have been there. We talked about him. He was in our yeah. mock draft going off the board in the first round. They get him at pick 45. So Brian Branch, what he's going to do is he's going to allow you to have a guy that can play DB. Uh, and I say DB, he can play corner. He can play safety. A lot of teams were, you know, kind of broken up about where he could play. They get Hendon Hooker at pick 68. Um, I believe they, if they, if I'm not mistaken, I believe they traded up right in front of the Rams and took him. I don't think the Rams were going to take him, um, but Hendon Hooker. Now you have a guy after Jared Goff, right? Mm-hmm. Or you have a guy if Jared Goff gets hurt, because I think Hendon Hooker in this class is the jack of all trades, master yeah. of none, but jack of all trades, right? So that's great. Broderick Martin, you know, you add some depth to your interior there with an Wuzuriki and McNeil and Kaminsky and uh, Pascal and Bugs. I, I don't mind the Broderick Martin pick. I thought it was a, a little high, but I don't mind it. And then fifth round, they go out and they get Colby Sorstall, who I wasn't really familiar with out of William and Mary, but I feel like they know something we don't hear. To yeah. go out and get a guy like that out of William and Mary, like you clearly did a lot of research. You had a lot of intel. So I get that. And then Antoine Green to wrap it up, who I think I had mentioned him. And if I didn't, I was going to and I forgot to. When we were talking about sleeper, like like shadow sleepers. Remember I was saying mm-hmm. that? How yeah. you mentioned you mentioned Cedric Tillman. I meant mm-hmm. to mention Antoine Green, who's getting overshadowed by Josh Downs. And Antoine Green here, I think, is an absolute steal at 219. I think yeah. he's going to compete in that wide receiver room. We, we see it all the time in camp. These guys just sometimes, like, they just come out of nowhere, right? Oh, he's, he's turning heads. We see that all the time. Cam, you were turning heads. Uh, there were, you know, definitely some things that, like, you know, you could probably find them on the internet, right? There were different, like, headlines, like, Cameron Lynch turning heads in Rams camp that happens like guys turn heads like guys make plays Antoine Green seventh rounder not a lot of people talking about him not a lot of people buzzing on him but the guy didn't just come out of any D2 school and like no one knows who he is like he played at North Carolina he should be known and I think he's going to make his presence known uh you know you have guys like Marvin Jones Jr. coming back to the Lions uh, for that reunion which I love it there um you know you have Josh Reynolds you have uh you know Amon Ross St. Brown and, uh, you know, I think Khalif Raymond is a good player, but uh, Antoine Green will challenge for for reps on that uh, in that wide receiver room. I believe it. Yeah. And th- that's what you want to see, Jake. Right. I-, I think you go back to your Brock Purdy piece. Anytime you think of the draft now, I think about Brock Purdy, because no matter where you get picked, you could be a factor. And so, you know, Antoine Green stepping in and, and competing. That's all you want him to do. That's all you want him to do is go and compete, make guys better and earn a spot on that on that team. And Jake, I'm going to talk about my three favorite picks from the Lions so far Brian Branch um, of course Hendon Hooker um, I, I love that big time and then Sam Laporta those are my my top three Jake um, you know we, we talk about Hendon Hooker 
you mentioned it, jack of all trades, probably one of the favorite favorite prospects coming out of the draft here, right? We talked about the number three that he wears. Um, you know, I always I always talk about. Sorry, not hitting Hooker. Sorry, that's number five. I want to hit Hooker to go a little bit earlier, Jake. I want to hit Hooker to go a little bit earlier. Um, I kept saying the second round that he would go in the second round, but he didn't. Um, but like I said, it's one of my favorite picks there. Hopefully he can get super healthy and, and get ready to roll uh, and be a viable quarterback, viable backup for Jared Goff. And then going back to your Brian Branch piece, I, I want to double down on that, Jake. And so going back to PFF, right, the good old PFF, what I, I have know, here, I know what stat you're about to drop, and I love it. <laughs> it's it's crazy. So I have here since two 2014, since PFF has been tracking anything right uh, <laughs> on the football field, my man has a two percent tackle rate, missed tackle rate. Sorry, from PFF, Brian Branch has a two percent missed tackle rate. Now, Jake. I know we talk about how impressive it is, right, to not have any penalties, to not have any pressures or sacks, but to miss only 2% of your tackles while you're playing football at the University of Alabama, it's kind of insane, right? I mean, I mean, no, you have some other guys that are kind of making life a little bit easier for you <laughs> and forcing some of the some of the offensive players your way and making it easy for you, but the fact that he missed 2% of his tackles, that's insane. That means his technique is great. Jake, that means... His feet are where they need to be whenever you're making tackles. That means his eyes are where they need to be when he's making tackles. And then he just, that means he's just smarter than most people on that football field. That means he's where he needs to be before the other folks get there. He's just scooping up and, and making plays. So I don't want that to, to like be overlooked there. But, you know, Brian Branch, he might be one of the better picks coming out of um, out of the Lions, but can't can't sleep on Sam Laporte. You can't sleep on Hendon Hooker. But I just want to double down on Brian Branch there because that's that's something that's very impressive. Absolutely. I, I mean, Brian Branch goes to a secondary that has Emmanuel Mosley, you know, Jerry Jacobs, uh, you know, Chauncey Gardner Johnson. I mean, it, it's crazy. Cam Sutton from the Steelers, Tracy Walker, Kirby Joseph, Afadu Melifonwu. I mean, Will Harris is a guy I really like too. So, I mean, they have guys all over the secondary. Now they have Brian Branch. You can see why they traded Okuda because if it's not working, we got all this depth. But now it seems to me like they were forced to pick him here because this is just such good value. Mm -hmm. I'm going to give them a B plus only because of the Jack Campbell pick. I felt like if they really want Jack Campbell, they probably could have traded down a little bit. And oh man, if they trade down a little bit, like remember I, I had said on one of our shows, you want to be in that fourth round. Like you, mm. th that's where the value is. And they didn't have a fourth round pick. I still think they made the most of it though with hooker and Broderick Martin was a little bit of a reach for me, but I, I, I get the position. I just think like Adebare would have been unbelievable on that defense. We talked about him in our Northwestern, but Laporta branch Campbell Gibbs hooker. I mean, these are all potential starters down the road. Antoine green to top it off in the seventh. I'm going to give them a B plus. I, I feel okay. good about it. Um, I think the bears did more, but definitely think the lions, they, they got a good, they got a good thing going. Yeah, yeah. And Cynthia Freeland actually said it during the, the draft. It was like the NFL Plus kind of draft. They did like their own mock draft. And Jake, I can see us being on there one day. But Cynthia Freeland, when that pick came in, she kind of like scrunched her eyes up because she's the data gal. You know, she's big on data. Cynthia is. And when she saw Jack Campbell come through, she was like, wait a minute. Like, just like you said, like, why, why would you not wait for a value pick? She was like, wait, is that? Is that his son or his cousin or something like that? Having that, <laughs> that name? Like, why would you pick a guy like that? 
what I'm hoping for is a guy like Jack to be hearing that and say, hey, I'm a first rounder for a reason. These these folks believe in me. Let me show you. That's what I want to see. I want to see some Luke Keekley type stuff coming out of him because people are counting him out being a first rounder, 18th pick overall. So let's see what Jack can do with the Lions. See what he can do with the Lions. But furthermore, let's see what the Packers did because they have an interesting draft. This is the first draft <laughs> after turning over a completely new leaf. Moving on with Jordan Love, trading it finally there, and Rogers saga's over. I mean, finally. I'm sure I'm sure I speak for a lot of Packers fans, Jets fans. That that's over. Foot, so football, football fans, just yeah, football <laughs> fans. Like uh, you know, we like news. We're in the business of news, but it's like it's the worst type of news where it's like it's sitting there, but it's not like doing anything. It's just like, can you go? Like you know, yeah. So so I mean, look, they get the pick swap. I do want to make mention this is why I didn't like the trade for the Jets because they wanted uh, Broderick Jones, right? Mm. And New England screwed them over, but we'll get to that when we get to that. Lucas Van Ness is the pick at 13, comes in. Some people didn't know how to feel about it. I did because I think Lucas Van Ness is absolutely worth the 13th pick. And you're going out and you're getting a guy that is just going to be an absolute stud with the right coaching in the NFL. And he already has so much to him. He didn't start a game in college technically, but he was used. He has, you know, positional versatility. I really like that pick cam, but where were you on the LVN pick? Did you feel like they reached a little bit? It's a little, little bit of reach Jake, but I mean, at this point with Aaron Rodgers leaving, who knows what's going on at the Green Bay Packers. But with Lucas Van Ness, I mean, he just looks to part. Jake, I mean, my man looks like an action figure. So, you know, who knows if the Packers got, you know, fell in love with that. So, um, but Lucas Van Ness, um, I think he's going to be a great addition to that, to that, that defense there uh, led by Joe Barry. Um, I played for Joe. So at the Rams and I, I think Lucas will, will, will do fine with him. So, you know, we'll see. But the Packers, like I said, they have a lot, they have a lot to work on. With Jordan Love stepping in for the, you know, for the first time in a long time, you know, they got a lot of things to work out. So with Aaron Rodgers leaving, you know, the heart's a little bit sore over there in the Packers. But um, you know, I feel like they did decent here in the draft. Uh there, Jake. I mean, I got them as a B minus here. So I know we're gonna go walk through some of these players, but Lucas Van Ness, it's a decent pick. It's a decent pick. Like I said, Joe Barry's gonna hold him down. I'm on the defensive side there, but I'm curious to hear your thoughts about some of these other picks as well from, from the Packers. Yeah. I thought when you, when you look at it, cam LVN is a best available pick. He's probably a guy they fell in love with, right? Um, you know, it is a whole process. It's like a speed dating process and you got only have X amount of time before then you have to make the, the marriage, right? You have to just marry the player. And so that's what they did with LVN. I know they have Preston Smith and um, you know, they, they definitely have Rashawn Gary there, but I think they're getting ready for the future. I mean, Preston Smith isn't going to be around forever, and this could be, you know, plus he never started, but he made an impact as a rotational guy, and he wasn't just a rotational guy. He pretty much played starting reps. He just didn't start. He wasn't credited as the starter. So uh, Lucas Van Ness liked the pick there. Luke Musgrave, this is projection, man. Not a lot of, uh, you know, not a lot of production. I do like the pick, though, because you're going out, you're getting a weapon, security blanket for a guy like Jordan Love. Um, Musgrave for me needs to get better as a full on, like he is a developmental, but like really high ceiling project picking him at 42 might seem high to people, but I still think he has enough there to justify it. So I really like that pick Jaden Reed. All right. We talked about him. He was yeah. one of my, my sleepers. Yeah. Uh, Jaden Reed starts day one. Okay. 
Jaden Reed starts day one opposite Christian uh, Watson or Romeo Dobbs. He can play in the slot. He can play on the outside. Personally, I want Dobbs in the slot. I want Jaden Reed on the outside because you can throw <laughs> yeah. it up to Jaden Reed and Jaden's going to go get it, you know? And, mm. and I think that's the thing a lot of people don't understand is that Jaden Reed is, you know, he's not the tallest wide receiver, but man, that guy plays above the rim. He's not afraid to go get it. He likes contact. He's going to go up high point the football. And uh, I was just a really big fan of that pick. People will say it's a little bit of a reach at 50. I think that's where he was going. I think that was the buzz coming around him. He's the top 10 receiver in this class. And I think when that wide receiver run happened late in the first round, yeah, kind of writing was on the wall. Who else are you going to pick over Jaden Reed at that point? You know? Mm-hmm. So I think that definitely made a lot of sense. And uh, I really like that pick, but, but who are guys that, you know, stood out to you at that point? Yeah. I mean, we talk about the, the tight end position, you know, at the Packers, <clears throat> when it comes to a quarterback's best friend, Titan has to be that person, right? Of course, your offensive line who protects you, but a lot of times when quarterbacks get in trouble, they have to go to someone quickly. So with Luke Musgrave being that go-to person, it makes a lot of sense. You know, with the change of guard here with the Packers, you got Mercedes Lewis. We're not sure where he's going to go after, you know, the whole Aaron Rodgers piece. Will he travel with him? We don't know yet. So you got to get some guys in there that can be stout in the, in the, in the run in the pass game. So Luke Musgrave definitely supporting with the pass game. And then going back to Jaden Reed, Jake, we talked about this about on our, our guys segment, he can play receiver and he can also play, also play special teams. He's effective in, in both pieces there. Um, You want guys to bring value to your team and you got to guard t- our Tucker craft, Jake. We talk about craft being crafty. That's someone that, that South Dakota state, they used him in multiple ways. We talked about how, the Chiefs use Travis Kelsey for Wildcat, you know, offensive plays. We, we talk about some of these flip plays at the offensive line where you can, you know, hike the ball, play action, and then flip the ball to, you know, your tight end, have them go running for a touchdown or short yardage gain. Um, Kraft is that guy. So I, I like that. I like that as well. You got a guy like Musgrave. You got a guy like Kraft that can really be Jordan Love's best friends. Um, so, Jake, I'm definitely rolling with that. And then Kobe Wooden, um, we talked about him as well when we talked about some of our sleepers. I love a Kobe Wooden, um, just what he brings to the table, you know, uh, as a big guy coming out of Auburn. Um, we, we talked about him being able to stand up, Jake, and also be able to put his hand in the dirt. You, you need it. You, these guys have to be able to play different positions. You got Lucas Van Ness on the other side as well. So, you know, we can figure out something for, for Kobe. Um, I think that's big. Someone else that I like on this this list here, Jake. I'm seeing a lot of Iowa. <laughs> I'm seeing a lot of Iowa, Iowa State, Iowa. Um, some of these players from different places, but that's that's big. And we got a kicker in the sixth round, Jake. I, I'm gonna end it with this one. You got a kicker coming out of Auburn, um, Anders Carlson. Um, <laughs> and we talked about this, right? Do we draft a kicker? Do we not? I think it's important to be able to flip the football field. And a guy like Carlson, you know, coming playing at Auburn. Either the guy scored a lot of points or his team wasn't scoring points. He had to kick the ball away. But you need someone that can put points on the, on the scoreboard and flip the football field. So I'll say he's my my favorite pick uh, finally for the, for the Packers there. You like Anders Carlson a lot. Wow. Okay. <laughs> I, all right, Cam. All right. Hey, I, sh- I, I, I had say show this love. right now. Yeah, no, I, I hear you. I mean, you're always showing love for those, uh, you know, specialists there. You know how much work they put in as a guy. You know, you spent a lot of time on special teams. You saw it, you know. Exactly. Um, let's let's be honest here. They definitely had to have watched our show. The NFC North 
watched our show. There's a lot of these guys we talked about. I mean, they got two of your guys, Tucker Craft and Colby Wooden in this draft yeah. alone. I had Jaden Reed in my sleepers. Um, all jokes aside, they probably didn't watch it. But <laughs> here's here's what I will say, okay? Uh, I didn't understand the Sean Clifford pick at all. Um, I think it's way too high to me. He was a UDFA quarterback, which isn't a bad thing. It just means I just don't think he was a draftable quarterback mm -hmm. prospect. So I thought they reached a little bit on him. Carl Brooks is intriguing. He's listed as a linebacker on NFL.com uh, at a bowling green. He's somebody that's buzz was taken off after the senior bowl. I was surprised to see him go in the sixth round. I think it, I guess it cooled off a little bit. Dontavion Wicks is somebody that had a monster year and kind of a down year at Virginia. So what are you getting out of him? Which Wicks are you getting, so to speak? Are you getting John Wicks? Just kidding, of course. <laughs> are you are you getting the you know the the other one where he didn't really play all that well? Uh, so that that's a question mark there. I think he makes sense um, for them to kind of add them to that receiver room. I really like Carentin Valentine, uh, who they got in the seventh round. He is he's a stud, and I don't know if I got around to talk about him at all on the show, but really like him. I believe Lou Nichols the third was a transfer. The Packers to me, this is an interesting class. I like it, and I like some things a lot. Others I don't love. I'm gonna give this one a B. Um, the reason for that is because I think you know they go out and they get Musgrave, they get Lucas Van Ness, they get Reed and Kraft. I like that Wooden solid. Like, I feel like they had a lot of picks they, I won't say swung and missed on, um, but I wasn't like a super big fan of them based on what was on the board. So I'm going to give them a straight up B, uh, which isn't bad. It doesn't, it's not a B for bad. It's just B like, as in like, okay, this is better than average. Um, but I thought it could have been better. And uh, I did, I did find the comedy in the fact that right after, because they had to keep the consistency of not drafting you know, wide receivers in the first round, it was tight end, wide receiver, tight end. I don't know. I thought that was funny. Uh, right after Rodgers is gone, they go wide receiver, tight end, and tight end. But, um, you know, uh, B for, for the Packers there. And then now we got the Vikings. Or the am Vikes. I – sorry, my bad. The USC B Vikings, not the Minnesota Vikings. Because uh, they, <laughs> right. they they loaded up on uh, the Trojans. I'm wearing the, the hoodie. Um Jordan Addison is one of the best route runners in this draft. He was a guy I had a late first, early second on. To me, this makes a lot of sense because you're adding a guy that can not only help Justin Jefferson stay open because mm -hmm. eventually teams are just going to double team him, bracket him, all that. But Jordan Addison's too good to just leave alone. That you also have KJ Osborne and you have guys like Jalen Naylor who they do like. So they only drafted one receiver. They're putting a lot of um, you know, belief in guys like, you know, Naylor. And so for me, Addison, day one slots uh slot receiver. Day one. Yep. No, yep. no questions asked. Can Agreed. get off the line of scrimmage, has that third gear when the ball's in the air. He just he turns it on to another level. He was the Belitnikov Award winner at Pitt in 2021. His biggest issue this year is that while he was great, he just didn't have as many touchdowns. I don't care about that. College stats don't mean everything, right? So this guy, really good pick for the Vikings. And then they got Makai Blackman, who was one of my guys. I thought yeah. Makai Blackman, people were sleeping on, and they were, but NFL teams weren't sleeping on him. He went 102, and that's exactly where he deserved to go. Like it. Yeah. Like you said, it might be a USC team or maybe even LSU team with the defensive guys that they got. Right. Uh, and Jay Ward and, um, and Jacqueline Roy. So but going back to the USC guys, um, when it comes to, to the receiver position with Jordan Addison, 
you know, the fact that he won the Belenkoff Award uh, at Pitt and then went to USC and still found success, that has to say something. Um, you know, put him on my team. So you got him and Justin Jefferson uh, on the same squad. That's going to be a problem, right? We, we see two of these cornerbacks and Makai Blackman and Jay Ward. They're going to have their hands full at practice. <laughs> they're going to have some long days at practice because they got some guys that can ball, probably some of the best Jake, I mean, these guys might be one of the better receiver combinations in the NFL. I know, I know the Ravens, they're stacking up a little bit. I know some other teams are stacking up, but this could be arguably one of the better receiving cores when it when it's all said and done. Um, so I, I like it, Jake. Uh, you mentioned it doubling down on the quarterback for the Vikings. You know, if you believe in your guys, you believe in your guys, and the draft will show that, right? We see we and another thing as well, just to see who they have to back him up. We have a Jaron Hall coming out of BYU. One of your guys as well. I know you've been talking highly about Jaron Hall. Uh, what do you say? Uh, scout the player, not the helmet when it comes to a guy like Jaron Hall with that BYU helmet. So um, I'll pass the mic over to you, but I, I love it, Jake. They're doubling down on on the quarterback at the Vikings. They're doubling, having protection or having people, someone behind uh, behind him to play as well. And then some receivers to throw to, some cornerbacks to give him the football back. But what are your thoughts on that, J- uh, that Jaron Hall pick there for the Vikings? Yeah, you know, I, I think Jay Ward is being slept on. Uh, I had him as listed as a safety. I see they, they might have drafted him as a corner. Um, he was top 10 safety on my board. So another really good pick by the Vikings. I pick 134. They didn't have a second round pick because keep in mind, you have to be, you have to take it into account. They traded for TJ Hawkinson. That mm-hmm. is their pick. So that, that was a good move, I thought. I thought that was good. I didn't think the Lions would move a first-round tight end who they drafted early first round for him. But, hey, uh, especially not to a division rival. But the Vikings knew what they were doing. They are cooking with grease there. Uh, Jaqueline Roy is somebody that I think is going to be a pretty solid NFL pro. He'll be one of those guys that sticks around for a while. Uh, could he start? I, I won't rule it out. I, I think that was a good pick in the fifth. Jaron Hall, I love the pick because here's the thing. Jaron Hall is not a fifth round prospect. Jaron Hall fell to the fifth round. I found out because of the injury concerns. Okay. Mm-hmm. He hurt his shoulder. I believe it was. So that's why he fell to the fifth round, but this is somebody that doesn't need to play right away. Okay. I said, he makes half field reads. He's not ready to start, but he's going to be behind Kirk cousins. So yeah. give him two years. And this guy could be your franchise quarterback. And I believe that. I know some people were saying he's just a guy on our channel, uh, you know, under the clip I put, and then there were some people that were like, Hey, all right, Jake. All right. All right. I agree with you, you know, yeah. but for yeah. me, Jaron Hall in the fifth round, I, I mean, he was the best quarterback by far available at that point. So I love that pick. And then Dwayne McBride, he's got the tools. There are people that were concerned about his off the field issues. Now I, I won't really get into it cause I didn't really see any, um, but I, I mean, I didn't look that hard. I was just scouting his film. He's an interesting one. Um, there were people that had all sorts of grades on second, third, fourth. I saw him as a, a late day three as well. So this is like, he got drafted where I expected his biggest issue. Cam a lot of fumbles. He's got to mm. get better in ball security. Gotta do more of those curls, you know. Gotta do <laughs> you, more of those you curls. That up last time, so I had to throw that out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I, hey, that's how you protect that football. Is do them curls, working on your hand grip. Um, but I, I do see here, right? Like for PFF, he has a ninety-four point one grade in twenty twenty-two. So that's that's dang good, right? Four point six yards per care uh, per care or yards after contact per carry. So that's that's big time. But the fumbles, Jake. The game is called football. If you can't protect that football, you won't be playing football. So for, for McBride, he's going to have to figure that out the next level when he gets to the Vikings because 
that's you know that can win you games or lose you games. So that's something that's going to have to be figured out there. Like you said, he's a seventh rounder, so definitely find his way on special teams. That's going to be important and show and prove that he can hold on to the ball. That's <laughs> that's that's key there. I'm with you there, man. I'm definitely with you there. I think all in all, the I would say this division gets a collective grade of an A minus. I'm going to give a B plus to the Vikings. So B plus the Vikings, Same here. a B to the the Packers. I'm going to give, I gave an A minus, I believe, to the the Lions and an A to the Bears. So um, that's that's where I stand right now. I think that this this division got better. I mean, there's no question. I would say the Lions and Bears got a little bit better than some of the other teams, in my opinion. But um, yeah. they all got better, you know. And I think that's really that's the name of the game. But one thing I will say about the the Vikings is that if you look at that team and what they did in UDFA, which is a big part of, you know, the after process, which, you know, right. Yep. They went out and they got Brenton Cox Jr., who I think is incredibly intriguing. Um, oh, I'm sorry. The, the Packers went Packers went out and got Brenton Cox Jr., who I think is incredibly intriguing. He's one of the guys that we talked about. Right. And yeah. I think people are a little bit they're sleeping on him a little bit. Um and I'm just saying, I'm just putting his name out there because I would not be surprised if he's one of those guys that just gets it together because we talked about it. Maybe he's off the field. Now, I won't even say his off the field stuff is bad. He doesn't have like crazy arrest records or anything like that. Just sounds to me like maybe there's some concerns about his maturity. And like I started to say, I mean, what 20 something year old doesn't have maturity issues? So, yeah. you know, I think really when you look at it, the Vikings, their UDFA class, they go out and they get Ivan Pace Jr. Um, we talked about him a little bit. We touched on him on one of our shows. Andre Carter the second. So I, I like I like that pickup. So they went out and they got some guys that I'm looking at in um, you know, undrafted rookie free agency. Very interesting. But one name to look out for. Ready for this, Vikings fans? One name to keep an eye on. And this is courtesy of the Czar of the Playbook, uh, the Czar of the Playbook, Emery Hunt. Cam, I don't know if you know who he is. He's a great dude. He mm -hmm. knows his thing. He scouts these small school guys. He's been talking about this guy on CBS Sports. When they say sleepers, he went with a deep sleeper. Former yeah. quarterback, looks like he's turning wide receiver, Southeastern Louisiana's Cephas Johnson III. Okay? Mm. Just remember that name. Because okay. he... I think he can ball at a quarterback. Like, I think he's a good option to to fight for a quarterback spot. But the guy is also, he's built kind of like Cam Newton a little bit. Mm -hmm. And he's he's also working out at wide receiver. So we'll see what ends up happening. 6'5", 226 pounds. Woo. My, my man has it, you know? Yeah, he, he, that's a big boy. So, yeah. So I just wanted to give uh, Cephas Johnson the, the third a little shout out there and Emery Hunt, who does an incredible yeah. job. He scouts all these players. No one else really has time to scout. He's He's got like a thousand prospect reports on his uh, his thing. He's a friend of my show, so got to give him a shout out. But yeah, Cephas Johnson's a guy to look out for, uh, you know, for the uh, the Minnesota Vikings. Do you have yeah. any UDFAs by chance? As, I mean, like I a guy that, you know, stood out to you? Yeah, well, yeah. I want to go back to that piece, Jake. You mentioned Brent Cox, right? Going to the Packers. The Packers great. Yeah. I have... I had for them a B, uh, a B. I think it was. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go B plus now, Jake, with that Brent Cox Ooh. piece. 
we talked about that. We've got to bump that up, you know, with them getting Lucas Van Ness um, on the edge, Colby Wooden on the edge, and then Brenton Cox. I'm like, oh, I see what you're doing here. I see what you're doing here. You're going to get some folks that can really apply pressure. And you talk about Brenton Cox, you know, it's a it's a personality thing. And we talked about this, Jake, on our, on our other episodes, but it's the NFL fine system, right? The good old NFL fine system. If Brenton is, if things aren't working out, right, you make sure you bring in some outside help to support them. Um, and then if that outside help isn't working, you just find them. But I do have faith in, in Joe Barry and him being the defensive coordinator of the Packers. I think Brent Cox will be in great hands, right? Joe Barry, he's seen it all, done it all. Um, he, he's a vet in the game. And so, getting someone like Brenton Cox to be on your team. And for Brenton Cox to see a guy like Lucas Van Ness, you know, coming out of Iowa, to see a guy like Kobe Wooden, you know, someone he's played against, you know, being in the SEC, he's going to have some guys that can get him on the straight and narrow. So, you know, I'm sure with him seeing this NFL draft, Jake, he's going to have that chip on his shoulder. He's going to be like, man, I should have been in those in those rounds. I should have got drafted. So he's going to have to work on himself. The only reason why he's there is because of his personality. So I think he's going to get the work done between now and, and when the season starts, and I have faith in the Packers, um, the Packers team to get them right and get them going the right direction. So the Packers, they jumped up a great for me, Jake. I'm going to give them a B plus now. So I, I wanted to mention one guy before we get to the birthday piece and call it a day, Cam. Tyson Bajant, uh, he really turned heads at the Senior Bowl. I'm sure you've heard his name before, uh, Shepard quarterback. Uh, his, I don't know if it's his family or his fan base, but they're out there on Twitter, man. They're, they're hostile. If you say that name wrong, I said badge and they came at me, but this is somebody I did a actual, uh, like a draft one minute scouting report on with my YouTube shorts. And, uh, you know, Bajan's an interesting guy. He's, he's somebody to look out for, you know, has that mobility, has a you know good ball velocity can really, you know, whip it. And so he might actually make the team. Uh, they got Nathan Peterman. They got PJ Walker behind Justin Fields, but look out for, for, uh, you know, Tyson Bajan. He's not a guy mm-hmm. that I'm willing to, to sleep on out of shepherd, but, nice. uh, yeah, that's, uh, that's going to do it. We'll get into the, the birthday piece, a special happy birthday to hall of fame running back out of the jets and the Patriots, Curtis Martin. He turns 50 today. And now all of a sudden I'm feeling old because that was my <laughs> childhood watching guys like yeah. Curtis Martin. Big and now this guy's 50. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. uh happy birthday to him all pro rookie of the year five-time pro bowler played eight years with the jets three at the patriots to start his career 166 games cam in 17,430 scrimmage yards with 100 total touchdowns my man lived in the end zone and my man just uh 17,000 all-purpose yards i mean come that's, on now <laughs> that's big time i mean he big 50 now uh hey that's big time curtis martin Happy birthday, and yeah, hit that milestone, that 50, Jake. I mean, man, I'm, I'm 30, so hey, I'm, I'm almost getting there as well. <laughs> oh, man. Well, hey, until next time, we're off the edge. Jake Ellenbogen, Cameron Lynch. You can follow Cam at Cameron Lynch 50. You can follow me at JK Bogan, and you can follow our, our show at Off the Edge Show, and that's going to do it. So we'll see you guys tomorrow. You guys take care. Be well, and uh, we'll see you guys soon.